Welcome back to the Pretty Good Podcast, BobCrabbyCurious.com. And today I want to start this podcast with a question. What do you remember from your childhood? I'll tell you what I remember. I remember not having to pay any bills. And I remember school being so easy, didn't need to study, then like college. And I remember playing with my friends, everything was simple. And what I really remember is Disney movies. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some of our favorites. What do we think the best? And I told you childhood was simple. You just go outside in the neighborhood and play with the kids. Adults, you know, schedules don't always line up. So I have uh, Ben and Morgan on today. We couldn't all get down at once. So there's going to be two parts to this. So about the hour mark, you'll hear me speak with Morgan about her list. At the beginning of the podcast, it'll be me and Ben talking about it. But I hope you enjoy um, there's not too much hot takes, I don't think, but we explain everything thoroughly and have a good listen. Like I said, today we are talking Disney movies and I'm here with the podcast, you know, John Smith from Pocahontas, your boy Benno, what's up? How are you going to put me, put that on me? I'm not no John Smith. But no, John Smith, I mean, he was a, he was a colonizer, film, maybe not in real life. Colonizer, yeah. Shout out to my to my uh, colonizers out here. <laughs> yeah, Pocahontas is not gonna make my list. Uh, spoiler alert. So hopefully that's uh, that's all the Pocahontas talk getting out of the way early. Uh, spoiler alert: there will be some Pocahontas talk, but uh, not the uh, talk you think. So uh, Disney, it's a you know it's the big conglomerate it is today. I mean, as we speak, there's a big beef with Sony and Disney about Spider Man. But when did you watch your first? Did you have like all of them when you were little? Did your parents make you and Brad watch them, or what, what's up? Uh, they definitely didn't make us watch them. I feel like every kid I knew, it was just like so ingrained in kid culture, the Disney movies. Like, I mean, for as long as I can remember, you're talking about Pocahontas. My brother had a pillow that was in the shape of the raccoon from Pocahontas. Uh, like the first bed sheets I ever had, um, I think were Hercules bed sheets. Uh, and you know, I was, uh, for Halloween one year, I was the beast from beauty and the beast where I had a big old foam brown head. And then like out of his mouth is where you stuck your face. Uh, it's a really funny picture. I'll have to try and send it to you. But, uh, I, you know, for as long as I can remember anything, I remember, uh, watching Disney movies. Uh, I think it was Christmas 1992. My entire family wanted to watch uh, Christmas movies, and I'm like screaming at the top of my lungs on home video saying that I want to watch Aladdin. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, for as long as I can remember, uh, Disney movies have been a part of my life and a part of my childhood. And obviously, I carry that with me And you, today, and you kind of see that in you know, all these remakes uh, of these old Disney movies that we grew up on because, uh, you know, it's, it's it's so tied to our memory of adolescence and childhood and a time when things were a lot funner. But, uh, yeah, that's that's my experience with Disney movies. What about you? Yeah, I can't remember the very first one I saw. Like, when I was researching for some facts about some of my favorites, it's like, oh man, I really loved Aladdin as a kid. It came out in 92. I mean, I was four. So I probably saw it when I was a little bit older, like, like the little mermaid. I was like, I remember that from childhood, but it originally came out in 1989. Mm -hmm. I think just how prevalent they were in every childhood. I remember having not all of them, but a lot of the VHSs could put in any time. 
and just watch all the time. I've been um, Peter Pan uh, for Halloween, although, you know, Peter Pan didn't exist because of Disney or whatnot, but uh, I think I was inspired by that cartoon version, toys, action figures, and even like nowadays, like you guys heard me on the video game podcast, like Kingdom Hearts, it's a mix of Final Fantasy and Disney, and the game plays Goofy and Donald and see Hercules, like Ben mentioned, and meet Mulan, all Disney nowadays, I think people hear the name and think of corporate, because it's like from The Simpsons to Star Wars and Marvel and all that, but today we're going to talk about like classics, so the animated ones, no Pixar 3D, I think the last like strictly animated Disney film was The Princess and the Frog, but from there and back, what we're going to be ranking today. Like, what do you think makes a good animated film, Ben? Do you have any? Is that to speak to you? Is it the animation, originality, soundtrack? Yeah, I, I think a little bit of all of those things. Um, the soundtrack is obviously incredibly important. You know, the songs, um, you know, we, we still sing songs, you know, from uh, Aladdin and uh, Mulan around our house when we're cleaning, you know, today. I feel like the, the the movies have to have good songs, and they often do. Um, you know, we we would listen to the Lion King soundtrack growing up. Uh, I, I feel like they just had, you know, Lion King had Elton John on the soundtrack. Uh, I'm sure there are a ton of other artists that, well, and uh, Phil Collins for Tarzan. Um, you know, it's just a lot of the best musicians, it seems like they want to make music things that their kids will watch uh which kind of lends itself to you know great songwriting uh and good storytelling i I feel like a lot of the best disney movies too they'll have smart jokes uh in the in the movie itself so as you're older or as you grow up you can like hear things and you're like oh i never realized that was the joke that they were making uh, so it has wide audience appeal. So like when you're a kid, you just know that something's funny there and maybe not necessarily why, but then upon rewatching, you're like, oh, that, that's funny that they put that there. I never got that as a kid. Um, another thing I, I think I like about Disney movies is that animation, you can do things with animation that you can't do with actors. Like, well, at least in, until CGI recently, like you couldn't have like animals, like lions talking to one another, you know, and like, doing things with parrots and, you know, communicating, like anthropomorphizing animals is, is something that's, I think, fascinating that animation can do uh, better than maybe CGI and definitely live action. So uh, all those things, you know, it's, like I said, it's just so ingrained in, in the fabric. I don't know who, you know, decided that the format of, you know, telling a, an age-old story and, and sending it to a cartoon with a soundtrack. I, I don't know who came up with it, but uh, it, it definitely is, is a good formula. What, what about you? What, what, what do you look for in a Disney movie? I agree with a lot of things you said. In a regular movie, I'd look for some kind of originality, but um, any animated film is definitely inspired by something else, anywhere from the Bible to Shakespeare to being a story. Um, like the Jungle Book, which we may or may not get into. <laughs> Shout out to you for amorphizing. That's the word of the day of the podcast. Or, or, and uh, kind of animals or whatnot. That was that was pretty snazzy. Flexing the intelligence over there. You know, animation itself, as long as it's standard for the time, I'm not too picky of it. Um, 
painting techniques or drawing techniques probably developed over time. Um, the soundtracks, like you said, we still sing Disney songs today. Sometimes you'll catch yourself in the car or even throw some Disney songs on there. Like they're infectious. You hear them and you can't help but sing. I recall a simpler time when you're little or maybe a time, you know, playing with friends or family thing. Um, and also, like you said, you know, when you watch something older, um, I like, like the end of bridge the gap for older and younger audiences something that both can watch and pick out different things and when you watch when you're older you definitely see some innuendos and jokes that would have flown right over so those are basically my qualifications for what makes a good movie so uh, you can jump into the list our top five disney classics so ben uh go first okay uh, you know, I, I had some a couple honorable mentions. Uh, I don't know if any of these made your list, but uh, Robin Hood and and Fox and the Hound I used to love, and like you said, um, I had all the all these on VHS, and I, I feel like rewatching them over and over kind of gives you like comfortability and kind of a level of sentimentality. But uh, this first one, my my number five, it, I don't think it would have been in there uh, in my top favorite Disney movies growing up. But uh, Beauty and the Beast uh, from 1991, Uh, when I was in high school, uh, I played clarinet and saxophone and a bunch of other instruments uh, in the pit orchestra of this production of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, It was kind of a forgotten one for me when I was a kid, but like going over it, like the music is just so good. Uh, And, um, you know, the opening intro song, I I can't remember what it's called, but uh, I think it might just be called Belle, (laughs) but she's going through the town and like it it introduces the story in kind of a whimsical way, how she's like a a bookish girl. And then it introduces, you know, Gaston, the antagonist of the movie. And uh, we'll get to uh, Gaston later in favorite songs. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I, uh, I really liked the, you know, the plot. It's not necessarily anything revolutionary, uh, you know, having to search for inner beauty uh, and, and, and that being ultimately your salvation. Uh, but it, it, I don't know. It's just a, a good movie. It's, it's like set in France. So um, there are other interesting aspects of that. Uh, and I don't know. It, it, it's just a fun movie. Uh, and then obviously like a lot of these has a happy ending, but uh, Beauty and the Beast is my number five. Okay. Okay. Beauty and the Beast. Did you see the remake of it by any chance? No, and I didn't know if you wanted to get into that. Uh, I am uh, probably one of the more anti-remakes, uh, and that, I feel like that was one of the first ones uh, that they did that launched this whole, um, mm-hmm. you know, CGI retelling of all these old Disney movies. But I, I did not. I, I do like uh, Emma Watson, but uh, I did not see that one. Yeah, that one has been on my Netflix queue since it came to Netflix. I, I typically like the remakes, um, which I'll touch on at some point. But uh, our friend Dave, he's also anti-remake. He's just, yeah. But I'm sure up later when we discuss those. But okay. Ben's number five, Beauty and the Beast. All right. My number five is from 1953. It was originally a play by uh, Mr. J.M. Barry. He's Scottish. I don't know if I did that right. Apologize to any Scottish people out there. And it is Peter Pan. I think I love this so much because of the childish nature. Also, when I can cognitively remember seeing it, it's around the same time that Hook was out. 
you know, Robin Williams, R.I.P. Rufio, my man's. It's uh, just about never growing up or not losing the hold of your childhood. I think that's something we can all relate to as adults. You know, you think of adulthood, you live, you pay taxes, you die, bills, all that BS you have to deal with. Uh, another big theme in this was motherhood. Uh, when I watched initially, Wendy just sort of thought was a love interest, but she kind of she kind of took uh took control and looked after the Lost Boys and all them. And then, of course, there's Captain Hook and his crazy little pirates, the crocodile that, you know, is constantly chasing them. And like I said, it just just connects because it's childhood. We all had a childhood, fun times, uh, don't want to grow up. But part of it puts it in perspective that when you do grow up, that you shouldn't remember or you shouldn't forget um, the fun times you had to enjoy your life a little bit. Um, As far as the animation and sound or whatnot, it's, you can definitely tell it's out of 1953, but um, the story and the connection I have with it uh, make me look past all that. I can't really recall any of the songs, but Peter Pan is my number five, fifth. Yeah. The, uh, the lost boys stuff. I feel like that definitely being a little boy. I mean, that appealed to me, you know, they would wear like, goofy pajamas and then like uh, you know have food fights and just go messing around in the woods with your friends that's that obviously uh, I think has a timeless appeal for any little kid uh, but especially as a young boy uh, growing up that that always oh and they lived in tree houses too which was about the coolest thing ever so uh, yeah I always enjoyed yeah shout out to tree houses for sure thought tree houses were going to be a lot bigger part of my life when I was a little kid, but sadly, no. <laughs> you want, All right, what's your number, number four? four? Okay, my number yeah. four. Uh, this might be a little early, uh, earlier than you might expect, uh, but I, I went with uh, Lion King for number four. Um, as you said, mm. you know, as far as Shakespearean remakes, I think it's either uh, Macbeth or Hamlet that this one is loosely based on. Uh, but it's obviously set in, um, you know, Africa with uh, jungle animals. Um, you know, Rafiki the baboon, he was just one of my favorite uh, Disney characters, um, just because you could see his butt, uh, and he did goofy things and bunked Simba on the head. Um, I did not like the hyenas as a kid, uh, and I don't know if we're going to get into villains later, but I feel like the villains in Disney movies uh, are just, they're their most interesting characters often. Uh, Like Scar, who's voiced by Jeremy Irons, he's just like a total badass. Uh, And actually, you know, I don't know. It's just like interesting that he would turn on his brother, uh, you know, just an interesting character. Uh, I I don't know if you got anything else, but uh, I love Lion King. It's, I like the, the story, how it progresses, like he, Simba has to go into exile and then he ages and then has to deal with coming back to um, reconcile all the all the things from his past. But that's a that's always a good uh, story element, one that I didn't necessarily appreciate as a kid, or at least not in a way that I could vocalize. Uh, but it, that one's a good story. Yeah, I don't want to say too much on the Lion King because it may or may not make an appearance on my list. The intro song, the you know, the Atsavenya, just one of the great uh, lead-ins to any movie ever, uh, playing into the circle of life. So, as you said, ah, Topanga, shout out to Topanga and Boy Meets World. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so my number four is from 1967. It's from a book by Richard Kipling of the same name. It's a 19th Disney feature. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but it's a fun fact. It is The Jungle Book. Um, it's another one of those movies like with Disney where a parent's missing. Uh, Mowgli doesn't have any parents. He's an orphan, and he's raised in the jungle by wolves and panthers and bears. So a real big key in this uh, <clears throat> aerobic theme in this book and movie is family. It doesn't have to be blood. Like I said, Mowgli's raised by wolves and then a panther, bear, everyone. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, in India, it takes a jungle to raise a man cub, a human. It also touches on laws and orders. They have the laws of the jungle and laws of the wolf and laws of whatever you're respecting it. And given its time and uh, where the writer was at, um, it touches on a little bit of imperialism. Uh, I'm not going to get too deep into that. Um, the cast of characters are really endearing. We got Baloo the bear, you know, the bear necessities. King Louie wants to be like you. Shira Khan, the evil tiger, is an absolute bastard. Ka, Rashka's mom. Um, watching as a kid, no, this has nothing to do with anything, but I loved animals and learned, learning, learning all about them, like on Discovery Channel. So I had this uh, box I got either for my birthday or Christmas or something. In this box, it had cards sorted by mammals, amphibians, reptiles, all that. And each card you pulled out was a different animal, and it told you about their species and their habitat and all that. So just having that and watching a jungle book, like, oh, what kind of kind of bears blue is King Louis and orangutan? Oh, what do tigers really eat humans or how do wolves and all of them get together so it's really cool and uh i think it's been the best remake so far but i'll get into that so number four is the jungle book with all the great music and all the great characters uh just that i uh i feel like there's good animation of eating bananas in this movie it always made me want to eat a banana because i feel like he <laughs> just gets like a big old bunch of them and then he'll, like peel them in a really visually appealing way uh, I remember being super scared of the fire, uh, and then he ties um, he ties that flaming branch to uh, Shere Khan's tail, and that always like scared me in a, in a big way. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's good that you're recapping the plot because other than that, I I really, if you had asked me before this what the plot of Jungle Book was, I'd be like, oh yeah, he just hangs out in the jungle with a bunch of animals, uh, and they eat bananas all day, so. Um, I, I like, uh, goals I, right there. <laughs> revisited, uh, the thematic notes of that movie. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy, I enjoy Jungle Book. All right. What's your number three? All right. My number three, uh, 1997, the second newest movie on my list, uh, is Hercules. Uh, Hercules Ooh. is, you know, uh, obviously it's an ancient I, I guess Greek. Um, yeah, ancient Greek story. You know, Son of Zeus. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, Son of Zeus. He, uh, it's prophesied that he is going to be the, uh, you know, supreme ruler of the world and uh, the evil Hades, uh, voiced by James Woods, uh, decides to uh, try and kill him as a child uh, and uh, as his two henchmen um, are, are almost done poisoning him. He uh, doesn't drink the last drop of the poison, so he's not all the way human. So he leaves him with godlike powers and has to live on Earth uh, till he can prove himself worthy. 
Um, so obviously this is a story that's super old. Um, but uh, I, I just love this movie. The Titans, I thought, were super cool. Uh, when I was a kid, when we would always play in these Disney movies, and each you know each person would would get a character, and I feel like we would like assign each other like Titans. Like, okay, you're gonna be the Tornado Titan, and I'll be the Ice Titan, and then you know you just run away with your imagination. But I, I feel like the Titans were super cool. Uh, it's very good color uh, in this movie. Good animation and. Obviously, who doesn't love, you know, a super strong superhero? And then again, you know, the villains, Hades, James Woods, he's just so sardonic and funny. Um, and then obviously, uh, Meg, Megara is the, uh, the love interest. But uh, I just love this movie. It's, I, I have a few of these movies on DVD, and I, I have very few DVDs, but Hercules is one that I still have and I'll still watch every now and then. Yeah, I uh, I'll agree with you. I really did like James Woods and uh, and Hercules. I thought you know the way they portrayed Hades, he was obviously of the underworld, but he was kind of conniving and charming at the same time. And didn't know old James Woods. Found out it was him much later. I also mm-hmm. like the uh, Hercules had a little bit more soul, like a little bit more soulful. Like I remember like the ladies that are on the pottery always singing about her. Um, and if you know real mythology, you know it's brutal, unforgiving. But Hercules made Zeus and Hera seem like pretty cool people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, uh, don't want to ruin was... your image of Greek mythology. Don't, <laughs> don't read it. Don't read it. <laughs> and uh, the, I was just going to give a shout out to Michael Bolton. Uh, Go the distance. Probably, definitely a top two favorite uh, Disney song for me. Um, both with the the movie version where the actor I think sings it uh, is also really good. But uh, Michael Bolton's Go the Distance, just an all-time Disney soundtrack song. That's all I got. I give a shout-out to my friend Erin. Um, she lives and dies with Hercules soundtrack. She can tell you, like, oh, track number five is this song. Track number eight is that song. She absolutely mm-hmm. loves it. So, uh, Hercules. <laughs> Ben's number. That was your number three, right? Your number three? Yep, that was my number three. Oh. Numero three. It is another movie based on a book of the same name, although the book, the novel, is very violent, depressing, gory. So thank you for Disney for making this kid-friendly. It is The Fox and the Hound. Low-key might be the deepest Disney classic. It slept on a little bit. I feel like it's in most people's like middle of the road. It featured a young Kurt Russell doing voice work on this. Now the story is about a young pup a hound and a young fox. I'm not sure what baby foxes are called off the top of my head, but they meet when they're little, they're best friends. They play together, bond, think they're always going to be together, but you know, eventually they grow up, um, go to two different worlds. They don't get along and are taught to dislike each other. I'm not sure if the author intentionally, you know, meant for this to reflect like the civil war or something, you know, like brother versus brother, but you can apply it to anything. You know, as people, when we're like in kindergarten or go out in the neighborhood when we're little, we'll get along with anybody, you know, play bikes, play something. But then when you're older, race gets in the way, religion gets in the way, sexual orientation. And that's what makes this so relatable. 
the two kids grow up, although they're animals, but kids grow up into adults and on the opposite side. And eventually, you know, when they're fighting a bear and see each other off, they have that mutual respect for each other again, but it can never be the same. They still can't just hang out. They're in two different worlds, but friendship uh, survives, even if it's not the same. So it touches on growing up and the ending is kind of bittersweet and somber, but I think we can all learn something from the story of the fox and the hound. And I couldn't tell you any of the songs don't really remember them but the story is just so um, relatable and effective and touches you that I think this is one of the most underrated movies and that's why it's on my list at number three so what do you think man I hadn't I hadn't seen this movie I still haven't seen it in a long time but what sticks with me when I think about it is like just being kind of heartbroken at like the idea of like you know you're growing up with somebody and having all these meaningful experiences and then like moving away and then you kind of come back and like you, you want to recapture it being the same, but uh, it, it oftentimes it's not the same. And, uh, you know, fulfilling your societal role or like doing whatever you think your duty is uh, when that conflicts uh, with, you know, being friends with somebody that's, I don't know, it's just kind of a heartbreaking thing to think about. Um, I remember, I feel like this was one of the first movies I cried at, um, especially, I feel like, doesn't, doesn't one of them get in a, in a, a car and drive away from the other at some point? Or is that uh, right uh, yeah, at one point, um, well, Todd Fox, like he's, um, a woman like picks a man, like he's domesticated, you know, he's sedated, he's living the life. The hounds keep like being unleashed upon him, trying to catch him. Uh, his owner has to take him to a forest. Him being completely domesticated, he doesn't know how to, you know, fend for himself. He meets a, a vixen, a lady fox, and you know, a man's, you know, spits his game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like this movie. I, I, I'm surprised at how uh, how old you're going. I mean, you you haven't had a movie in the '90s yet, Bryson. Yet, I mean, there's still there's two 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 left, two left. You know, you okay. know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, good okay. You want me to go ahead and go? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Good. Number, Number two. two. As I, I alluded to this one earlier, um, you know, I was obsessed with uh, this movie, Aladdin. Um, I was obsessed with his pet monkey, Abu. Robin Williams is an absolute tour de force in this movie. Uh, just so funny, appealing to you know, mass appeal of audience. Uh, you know, it's funny as a kid. It's funny as an adult watching. Um, I think every kid, well, and this is a recycled story too, but I, I feel like every kid has gone through in their mind what their three wishes would be or, you know, wishing for more wishes or, you know, just the idea that you can immediately change your life with a snap of a finger. So it's just like something that will always be fascinating, I think, to us humans. Um, and obviously a, a magic genie and flying carpet just make the situation so much cooler. Uh, talking about villains, Jafar uh, is just amazing. So smug, so slimy. Uh, and then when he, you really, I don't know, you really kind of enjoy hating him, especially when he's uh, trying to mess around with Jasmine late at the end. Um, but these are great songs, Prince Ali, you know, never had a friend like me. Just really good stuff. The, the magic carpet ride through the cave is great. A whole new world. I mean, just a classic karaoke song for a, a, a woman you're trying to woo or a man you're trying to woo. 
Um, oh, oh man, one, man. One jump ahead where they're, where they're avoiding the palace guards. It's just, just a great, great movie all around. And you know, another thing we haven't really touched on, these movies are like 90 minutes long. So it's like, you know, they immediately set up a world for you to, to live in and be in, and then they entertain you, and it's not like dragging on forever. Like, you know, these movies are done in an hour and a half. Like, you could watch several on an airplane ride. Um, so Aladdin's my number two. As I said, I, I demanded we watch it on Christmas. Totally not appropriate for the season, but uh, I think uh, this movie has had it and continues to have uh, a deep impact on what was my childhood. These are children's movies, mostly. Uh, children don't have a long attention span. We're in the age now where if a movie is under two hours, I am shocked. Then we have like Avengers, which is three hours. Like I love superhero. I've got well, I do have three hours. Let's not kid ourselves, but yeah, three hours. But ninety minutes, like you said, you world build, you establish the characters, you find an emotional connection to them. Your climax and your conclusion. That's pretty amazing to do that. Um, I feel like Toy Story was probably two hours, and and Aladdin is is amazing. Um, Aladdin, you know, he started from the bottom. Now he's here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how can we not cheer for an underdog like Aladdin? Rags to riches story, a tale as old as time. Um, to quote Beauty and the Beast. One one more thing I did want to say. I'm just looking on here online. Uh, so you're talking about VHS sales. I feel like that had to have been such a huge economic factor for the popularity of these movies. So in 1993, keep in mind this this is 26 years ago. Aladdin sold over 10.6 million copies on VHS grossing about $265 million in the United States. And that's in 1993. Like, I, I don't know what that would be for inflation, but that's that's a lot of money. Damn. Doing your research. I feel you. Yeah, man. Just on the fly. Yeah. That's Ben's uh, number two. All right. My number two's already been touched on. It's from 1994, The Lion King. Now, we mentioned it got some inspiration from Hamlet. Also, Joseph and, Mobile, uh, Joseph, Mobile, Joseph and Moses in the Bible. And if you're really woke, you'll know about Kimba the White Lion, the anime. So controversy with that. Um, and if you want to research that, there's plenty of videos about it. But uh, Disney might have got some ideas and liberated them um, from old Kimba the White Lion. You know, Kimba Simba. Famously, this movie had Disney's B team working on it at the time. Like all their big animators, producers, or big wigs were gearing up for Pocahontas. So the B team kind of worked on this. They didn't think too much of it. But at the time, it became the highest grossing animated film of all time. I'm sure that's been broken by now. But at the time, it blew people away the success of it. I love growing up with Simba. You know, he's a little kid with the world in front of him. And you know, thinks everything's going to be great. He just can't wait to be king. It's so bombastic with the colors and the animals singing. And then he faces tragedy and turns into triumph. There's so many great voice actors. James Earl Jones is perfect as Mufasa, authoritative, fathery, but also nurturing. Um, he's also a great Darth Vader. Um, ben mentioned Jeremy Irons as Scar. Jonathan Taylor Thomas was young Simba. Not sure what happened to JTT, but he was the the shiz at that time and actually jay weave played a singing voice you don't know jay weave if you ever watch the smart guy he was the older brother and also in chingy's classic 
One Call Away, he did sing the hook. Um, they had Whoopi Goldberg was a hyena, Cheech, Happy 420. Um, Timon and Pumbaa were lit. I'm not sure who did their voices, but they were like the, the happy potheads that helped Simba grow into his own. And, you know, Elton John did the music, the African setting. It was just really great uh, watching that as an adult. Some of the moments that touched me more other than, you know, seeing Mufasa die were the moments Mufasa and Simba shared together, like seeing how he was tough on his son, running off to the elephant graveyard and all that. But he was also fair to him and a, a great role model. And that's something that really touched me more as an adult than it is a kid. Uh, not to say that all the other stuff of, you know, Scar getting his comeuppance and Simba and like I said, Timon and Pumbaa and Matthew Broderick was also uh, played adult Simba. He was really good at being unsure of coming into his destiny, you know, before Simba goes back and does uh, take out Scar and gets his kingdom back. But my number two is the Lion King. Can't go wrong with that. No, you're good. I, yeah, I, I'm glad that you mentioned some of the casting because I feel like I, I missed a few few names. You know, obviously you said James Earl Jones, but Nathan Lane is Timon. Um, Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean is Zazu, the uh, uptight uh uh, bird, I get they're calling him a hornbill on here. I don't know if I would have known that, yeah. but uh, yeah, Mr. So, Mr. Bean, and then um, you know, it, it, these are some big names, you know, some big time actors. Uh, there was one more thing on uh, the soundtrack that I was gonna say, but I it escapes me now. But uh, uh, yeah, Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer is on the soundtrack of this, so like these, these are like big names, like other than John Williams, probably like Hans Zimmer is you know, probably one of the you know, the second biggest uh film score uh you know people in hollywood especially around this time uh let me give you another box office uh stat here so released on june 15th 1994 this one again sub 90 minutes 88 minutes budget of 45 million dollars at the box office in 1994 it made 968.5 million dollars that's almost a billion dollars in 1994 I just, I'm floored by that. Uh, especially, I don't know, maybe the, the 90s, everybody just had way more disposable income, but I don't go to the movies that often now at all. Uh, and and it, it's just kind of funny that we're in such a different time, and Lion King also has just recently been remade and come out. So, um, I yeah, I love Lion King. It's a great story, great animation, great songs. Um, I can't believe it's not even an hour and 30 minutes, but... There you go. Ones are coming up, but we got to make y'all wait on it. We got to build that suspense. So uh-huh. we're going to shoot the breeze a little bit about some other Disney topics. So I'm going to ask you a question. Just let me know what you think. Okay. So who D- Disney character or least favorite Disney movie? Do you have one? Uh, nothing jumps out to my mind as least favorite Disney movies. I mean, I don't know if we're doing Mary Poppins, but I... Uh, or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but like any time that they like mix animation with people, I just like I didn't really like it. I wanted it to be all kind of the same thing. Um, I, when you when you ask me to think about my least favorite characters, uh, I, I know you're not supposed to look like Iago, but uh, Jafar's uh, parrot uh, Iago, I do not really care for. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried is not my favorite actor. <laughs> Uh, and Not your man. You're, you're supposed to feel that way about him, but uh, he, he was the one that jumped out to me. What about you? Don't like Fozzie Moto. 
a hunchback of Notre Dame. Surprise, surprise. It's going to be a petty reason because it's Bryson, you know. Notre Dame is in France. Notre Dame, if we're going to say it correctly. The University of Notre Dame. I hate their football team, so I hate that yeah. movie. And I hate hunchback. Get a chiropractor, man. Dang, no. <laughs> Out of my man's. With Esmeralda, was that the chick's name? Yeah, right. Yeah. Let's not give people right. unrealistic expectations. Gypsy. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe if she's a gypsy, because they're kind of outcasts, right? So. Sure, yeah. Yeah. All right, who's your favorite villain? So many good ones. Uh, a lot of them that I've already mentioned. Uh, you know, I love Scar, Gaston. If he can, I mean, he wasn't like as sinister as some of these people. Uh, Jafar. But I, since I didn't talk about Little Mermaid, I'm going to pick Ursula. Uh, for my favorite villain because she is just like kind of iconic. I don't know. She's unlike any other villain among these people, you know. I I don't know what it is about her. Obviously, she's like a cool octopus lady, but like she, like all all these other villains, you know, that their stakes are like life and death, but she steals like people's souls, uh, which is kind of heavy to like think about. Um, Like she trades uh, Ariel's you know, uh, she takes Ariel's voice uh, and she takes other parts of other people, maybe not necessarily their souls, but she has a song called Four Unfortunate Souls, um, which I think is uh, one of my favorite uh, villain songs, just because there's a lot of uh, innuendo and puns in it. But um, yeah, I'll say Ursula. What uh, What about you? Good shout. Uh, she is very evil, like just diabolical evil. Like you said, taking away parts. Yeah, Ursula's a good one. It's hard to top that. And she's kind of she's kind of like sultry and like sexy too, in like a we- you know, weird way. <laughs> like I don't want to like get too inappropriate, but like she wears like yeah. a bikini that is like part of her octopus legs, presumably, and then has like uh, a very uh, wide smile and big eyes and like lipstick lips uh, underwater. So I don't know. And then she's got those two evil uh, eels that that do her bidding. I I feel like she. Yeah, and something maybe about something about being at the bottom of the ocean just uh, adds like another element of darkness and mystery to her. But uh, yeah, I'll go with Ursula. Of uh, sexy evil vibes from Cruella Deville, but she is not my favorite villain. There you go. Yeah. Um, be basic here and just say Scar. He's just so manipulative and cunning. And then he, the best part about a villain is when they get theirs, and he got his. True. You know. He, and then he uh, got eaten by him, basically. At least that's what they insinuate. Hope we'll yeah. be in Cheech and them. Because um, Scar, he was, he was dark meat compared to the other lions. Sure. He's a little... uh, <laughs> what do you think? We mentioned with so many of these movies, the soundtrack. What do you think? Uh, okay, my, my favorite, one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite moments in Disney movies is uh, the montage in Mulan when um, they sing I'll Make a Man Out of You. Uh, so the Hun army is invading and, uh, you know, Mulan is obviously in disguise, uh, you know, trying to blend in as one of the one of the male soldiers. And it's like a two and a half minute song, but like so much storytelling is done in it. Um, you know, her uh, superiors issuing this edict, you know, we've got to get ready because, you know, we're we're about to face war and face, you know, imminent life and death danger. Uh, and, you know, Mulan is, like, kind of struggling to prove herself uh, and throughout the course of the song. You know, there's this training montage, uh, and by the end of it, she is doing everything uh, very adeptly and, you know, is able to do all the physical things that all of her 
men counterparts are, um, you know, being asked to do. And it's just a, a good song, you know. I, something about the the be a man kind of mantra at the chorus. It has multiple meanings. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll say I'll make a man out of you. I, I, I sing that song when I'm doing yard work all the time. And then obviously in that in that song, she's uh, she's got the, the, the straps and she's climbing up this telephone pole thing to go get the arrow at the top of the thing um, when nobody else can reach it. And you can see the, the sweat beads on her forehead. So that's just good animation. That's that's from a storytelling standpoint. I'll say that that's my favorite song for sure. Okay. A little bit biased. It's uh, A Whole New World from Aladdin. Uh, the gentleman who sings the single, Peebo Bryson, who I was actually named after. So he also did Beauty and the Beast with Celine Dion. Um, it's also just a great song. I sang it at karaoke once. But, but yeah, A Whole New World. And in the movie, you know, it's when they're on the magic carpet, still under the pretense he's Prince Ali. And, you know, I can open your eyes, take you wonder by wonder, or sideways and under. You know, it's just... It fits the movie, um, fits the scene. Oh, she finds out he's a fraud, but <laughs> it happens. Oh, uh, no, hypothetical situation. You talk about Ursula was giving you vibes. If you could one Disney prince or princess, whatever your preference is, who would it be and why? You say like if, if I could date one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, ooh, that's a good one. Prince or princess. Oh geez, I don't know. I'm just I I I want to say Meg uh, from Hercules, and maybe that's just because that's my smart choice. Meg, so um, <laughs> I don't know. She's kind of like dry. She's super funny, like very not easily impressed. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I feel like I I'm drawn to that uh, type of personality. Uh, and like I said, my wife's name is Meg, so that's just an easy transition. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, Meg's a babe. Yeah, you know, I guess I would say, um, Pocahontas. Um, yes, Pocahontas was really naive. All her fault. The colonization of America happened. It's all her fault. The fact that they, you know, they did a Native American princess, and the voice actress who did her had a great. You know, Vanessa Williams sing "Color of the Wind." Um, I really like uh, Pocahontas. She was trying to that she didn't know that the, the colonizers, the white devils, were going to... Poor Jasmine, because she's exotic. Um, she could probably belly dance. I'm not trying to be stereotypical. And she has a tiger. You know? I like how Raja. He, That'd be fun. Pocahontas like just how, had a raccoon and a hunger. I like how you try and blame colonization on one woman and not the millions of terrible white men that bring smallpox and uh, death to all native people. But that's I funny. mean, her, he had a nice, strong guy lined up for Pocahontas. She ain't, she ain't want to have. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, this might... I think, uh, <laughs> I think the, the British empire is probably more to blame, but uh, yeah, we can, we can, we can, Place I mean, both yeah, 45, 55. <laughs> What's your favorite non-Disney animated film? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I don't know. Name some, name some non-Disney animated films. I'm having trouble. Um, well, I'll tell you my two, and then I'll name some more. Five Will Goes West. Uh, An American Tale was the first one, but I really like Five Will Goes West more. Man, 
my grandparents, I mean, they're obviously older because they're grandparents, but every time I go over to watching Gunsmoke or Bonanza reruns, and maybe that's why I like the Western element to it, you can tell had that banger somewhere out there on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. but they reprise it in this movie. Absolute favorite animated non-Disney film, and it's uh, Once Upon a Forest. It is super sad. Mm. It's... Um, these little animals are in the forest. They're going to school. A truck uh, t- tips over or a shard of glass. Some irresponsible jerk through and releases all this toxin and kills the forest. One's dying, and one of their little classmates is sick, so they have to venture across the forest to find these flower and bring it back. But then at the end, everything's still destroyed and they have to rebuild. So, but it's really touched. But other ones you might think about, like Fern Gully or what's the watershed thing about the rabbit. Um, hmm. Trying to think, I'm going blank on animated ones. So Disney seems I, like they have a don't they? <laughs> sure, yeah, uh, they definitely got a lot of great ones. Uh, I did just doing a quick search here. Uh, the Iron Giants uh, is not a Disney animated movie, and Ooh, I love that one. Yeah, um, I remember. Shout I was, out to Vin Diesel. Yeah, I I was super sad when. Uh, well, I don't want to give away the ending, but uh, you know, it all it all turns out fine in the end. But um, you know, he's just got this huge robot that he, he sees as kind of like a friend. Uh, and then, obviously, the the Iron Giant has to make, like, this huge sacrifice for him. But uh, that one touched me in a deep way as a kid. I feel like I couldn't sleep for, like, months after first seeing that because I was so sad about it. <laughs> but uh, um, I'll, I'll say Iron Giant is my favorite non-Disney animated movie. Okay. Well, um... That's the Iron Giant Ben had. So now we're to get to our number ones, um, which you all could probably figure out some of ours. There might be some overlap. Before we get that, do you want to give any shout out to any more honorable mention? You just had a time, a tough time getting where Rationale was for not uh, having it on the list. Yeah, I don't know if if you would have qualified Tangled as a uh, a Disney movie. I don't know if that's too computer animated, but I saw Tangled kind of later in my adolescence. Obviously, it came out later, but it's you know, a take on Rapunzel. Um, and I, I really enjoy that movie. It's got some good songs and really good animation. But uh, if you'll if you'll count that one as a Disney movie, that was my only other shout-out that I considered. Um, oh, it, it, well, I think I already said Robin Hood, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's the fox, anthropomorphic fox. Um, that's another good one. But Ooh, what the Number one, Ben, what's your number one? My number one is the 1998 movie Mulan. Uh, I might have already given away some of my thoughts on Mulan, but um, I absolutely love this movie. Um, Let's see. Let me give you a runtime. 87 minutes. Again, under 90 minutes. Uh, It's about a young girl who fakes um, her way into the army, posing as a man. Uh, so her father does not have to go uh, per the uh, country's draft for the invading Hunt army. Um, and then, you know, it's just kind of her journey about, you know, doing what's expected uh, versus doing what you think the right thing to do is, which, I don't know, that's, you know, sometimes a daily struggle um, that you can relate to. But as a kid, when I watched it, I just thought it was so cool. Shun Yu, he probably has like two lines in the whole movie. Well, maybe like five lines. Uh, but he's voiced by this white guy, Miguel Ferrer. And then Meg likes to point out that the singing voice 
of uh, Captain Lee Shang is Donny Osmond. So it's a little bit uh, whitewashing. Uh, no, it would be an Asian <laughs> Asian story. But uh, when Eddie Murphy's the dragon, I you know Eddie Murphy doesn't hardly make movies anymore. But uh, you know when I was a kid, I just loved this movie. Uh, it, it's awesome animation. There are a couple moments in it that um, are not like anything else in other Disney movies that I've seen. Like I said, when when Mulan is going through that training montage and she finally reaches the the top of that um, tower to get the arrow. And then when she initially decides that she's going to cut her hair, her hair and join the army, uh, posing as her father's son, um, which I think has some basis in history, at least um, in writing history. I don't know if it, it actually happened, but uh, um, super cool. And then, uh, of course, um, the avalanche scene when when she, uh, you know, very smartly after everybody's accepting the fact that they're going to die from the onslaught of the the coming army down the mountain she has the idea to create an avalanche uh and wipe out everybody so it's kind of like you know her perspective uh as a woman maybe not where a man her her perspective was showing up in a way that a man's might not when they've accepted defeat in that situation so i feel like this movie was kind of ahead of its time at least uh talking about like gender roles uh, obviously that's something that's you know societal norms for gender have been around for ages uh but i, I feel like this movie kind of expressed it in a way uh that i had not thought before uh, as a kid so in that way it seems like it's a little bit ahead of its time uh for 1998 but um yeah i, I love this movie uh i i actually might see i haven't seen any of the disney remakes thus far but I actually might see this one um, just because of how much I like the first movie. Um, but, uh, yep, that's my number one. Okay, yeah, Mulan, you are right about the, the gender roles. It wasn't, which in a way is good, but also sad commentary on society as it is that sure. late 90s was ahead of its time. We're still not to where we need to be. Um, Mushu, right. like you said, Eddie Murphy, great comic relief. To your surprise, he does still make movies. They're just trash and no one watches them. Um, like I said, I'll make a man out of you. I think everyone knows that. And uh, it was based in a little bit of reality. I don't know if anyone else does like a Wikipedia binge. Like you're reading one article and then you click on this tab, read on that, click on that. And somehow I got in the story of Mulan. And I'm, obviously it's exactly true as to the animated one. There wasn't a little red dragon roaming around with her. But yeah, it is based in reality. And it's also not only good for, you know, showing women of strong light but it's in asia you know china um so disney was ahead of its time on that like aladdin that's in it's in a fictitious country but it's the middle east um lion king while it was africa um jungle book was in india all sorts of things so disney progressive at times and it's good they showed that in a positive light with mulan so oh mulan that's a great pick and now to wrap this up with my number one 1992's own Aladdin, a real underdog story. I think the actual theme of this movie is that infinite strength and wealth comes from within. As you know, Aladdin, like Drake said, he started at the bottom, now he was here. Uh, element of the story I really like that I can relate to. I'm sure a lot of dudes out there can relate, chicks or whatever. Um, Aladdin, once he got the lamp, 
he sold out to impress Jasmine. He wanted to do anything to impress this girl he liked because he didn't think he was good enough from his humble beginnings. Um, like I said, I've, I've definitely been there before trying to impress a girl, trying to show that I'm something that I'm not, but it happens. Uh, Ben's out on him, but I like Gilbert. Godfried is the Iagu, the parrot. Um, Aladdin had his ride or die. Abu, the monkey, the carpet. Um, he was a ride or die too, flying through some of those tough situations. Uh, he didn't have any lines per se, but you could get a sense of his emotions and the way the animation was. Um, would be remiss if I didn't mention Robin Williams. He left some big shoes for Will Smith to fill in the live action, but Robin Williams, like his voice, um, it jumped off the screen like the enthusiasm or the sadness when Jafar gets control of him, all that. You can basically imagine him in the booth recording these lines with the happy, sad, crazy expressions on his face. Uh, really didn't need to be seen in person. The music, I said, a whole new world. That's my jam. Shout out to my man Peebo again, Prince Ali. It actually won a Grammy, um, the duet. Um, a whole new world actually dethroned I Will Always Love You on the Billboard charts at the time. And uh, Return of Jafar, I know this has nothing to do with it, but I think that's the best like Disney um, sequel, like made to VHS sequel. My little brother is seven years younger than me, so he had a lot of those sequels like my parents would do to, I guess, appease him. He didn't know the difference when he was a baby or a kid. And uh, in the third movie, there's actually a third movie, Aladdin, Prince of Thieves, he made Aladdin's dad. So just like the other movies, Aladdin didn't have both parents. I need to research that, see if that's a Walt Disney thing, or uh, maybe they're ahead of their time, too, showing that the uh, nuclear home didn't have to exist to thrive. You know, the two parents, two kids, white picket fence, all that jazz. But Aladdin, a uh, true underdog story, a man on the come up who proved his worth with a heart of gold. So Aladdin is my number one. And that will conclude our list. Nice. Yeah. Be one of the last movies. Yeah, dude. So, all right, dude, let's squat up and watch Aladdin. So, that will lead me right into a segue. So, so Aladdin is the second most recent Disney remake to come. And uh, it was okay. Um, will Smith had some big shoes to fill. And I think sometimes with the live action movie, do all the vivid colors the same way you do the animated ones. But speaking of. Ben, why exactly do you dislike him? Why, why do you refuse to see him? Well, <laughs> you know, we've, we've been talking about how a lot of these Disney movies recycle old plot lines, you know, uh, and use old stories and adapt them. So, like, Lion King was Hamlet, but in Africa for animals. Uh, and then Mulan was loosely based in history. <clears throat> and then Hercules based on Greek mythology. Like, that is different than actually taking a movie, you know, a, its own separate piece of media, so like The Lion King, and like essentially making, and I haven't seen it, so I, I have no way of confirming that it's a shot-for-shot remake, but I've heard, from everything I've heard, it is incredibly similar to the, the story, so it's basically like they're making a clone of the movie uh, for audiences of our age and trying to capitalize on our interest uh you know, in that nostalgia in these movies. So, like, you know, when you see that they're remaking a movie that you loved as a kid, you know, they're just assuming that you're willing to cough up the, the twelve fifty or whatever it costs to see a movie without, like, making any effort to tell an original story or an original take on that story. So I, it's almost, like, doubly offensive because it's <laughs> it's 
trying to recapitalize on our childhood. And then the second part of that is it's just lazy storytelling. Like how many new original ideas are there? Like what, why, why don't you make like another different story? You know, like uh, another Shakespeare movie or a Shakespeare play, you know, set to like, uh, I don't know, a, a Cajun Creole uh, flock of seagulls or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, it just seems lazy. Like there, there are no original ideas and there's nothing that I can do about it because obviously people love going to these movies. So the only thing I have to do is just uh, vote with my dollars and I choose not to spend money on seeing those movies. That's, that's how I feel. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you have that stance. Uh, um, I'm like the direct contrast. I go to the movies all the time. That's probably, Movies and video games are probably where most of my disposable income goes outside of uh, ICs. I love some ICs, so if you have an IC plug, hook me up. But it's a it's a great strategy whether you go see them or not. So Disney is taking these movies that people that are probably in their mid-20s to late-30s, early-40s saw when they were a kid. They probably have kids now, and they want to share that with them, so they take them to see it too. So they're doubling their are movie tickets, and those kids will then go get the new DVDs of these, and it's just it's a big cash grab for their strategy on that. I've seen most of them. They're not all good. Um, like you said, uh, they don't really change it. Um, the Lion King, I just saw in fine. Um, Beyonce's voice acting notwithstanding. Um, but someone made to the point, add a twist or something. Like, why would you think of it at a twist? What would they change? Like Mufasa lives or they, they don't. They just follow the same formula. They might have added, I think they added like one extra song in Aladdin but they are like for like remakes and the thing I do like about them is animation changes technology changes special effects changes so instead of doing the touching up like you know Star Wars did on their old movies um, they just remade them with CGI and I'm sure how 40 50 years from now if we're still living our little Benno the fifth or Bryson the third will have some kind of 3D movie, so I do like them. They just—it's like any other movie. It's hit or miss with the casting. Some, so like I said, Beauty and the Beast. Emma Emma Watson seemed like good casting. I just never got around. Uh, I don't think I have the love for her as other people because I'm not really a Harry Potter person. But look out for the Harry Potter podcast featuring Benno. <laughs> so if you had to watch a remake that hasn't come out yet, that's not Mulan. Which one would you want to see? Do you have any preference on who's cast in that role? Okay, so like one that hasn't been made or one that has been made? Yeah, hasn't been made, so... Jeez, I don't know. Okay, uh, I'll, well, give you I guess... one. One, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Hercules was on your list. How about Hercules? Yeah, yeah. I. It's it's so tough, yeah. I mean, like you, like you said, it, it matters on cast, too. And I was just looking up at uh, The Little Mermaid. Like, apparently Melissa McCarthy is going to be Ursula. And, like, that, you know, that in itself, that's, like, interesting to me. Like, I want to see that. Uh, but, I, you know, it just seems like by the time that the movie comes out, you know, there's, like, all this hype and uh, all these people going to see it. And then, I don't know. I, I, where we are at, with movies today, it, it's just so tough for me to, like, get up the energy to sit through two and a half hours of a CGI retelling of my childhood. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I... I I'll probably end up seeing Mulan, but I feel like I've said that. I said that about Aladdin and Lion King, and here I am. I have yet to see either of those, so I just don't know. Okay, we are back with part two of the Disney 
Rankum, and we are here with the podcast is Resident Ariel. Uh, yes, she says Ariel because she has red hair. That's real original. Uh, I called Ben John Smith, so you, you did a little bit better than him. So how you doing, Morgan? I'm grand. How are you? Uh, it, it's fine. It's almost Friday. Um, secret, it's uh, no, it's late. Today's Wednesday, so it's not almost Friday. Oh, uh, well, well, then I'm not doing Friday. Yeah, it's not. It's uh, it's not as great then because it's only Wednesday. But uh, we're talking Disney, so that's a that's a fun thing. <laughs> I'm very right. excited. So with uh, Disney movies, like what what memories do you have? Do you have like an early memory of one? Did you dress up when you were a kid? Have dolls, toys, not to be sexist because you're a woman, but um, dolls, toys, action figures. Um, what do you remember? Like what's your earliest Disney memories growing up? The only thing that I remember just vividly, I mean, I probably have some other memories in my mind, but, and I'm a big Ariel fan, obviously, Ginger, but the only thing I remember is I got the set, it was when Aladdin came out, and Jasmine, I had the, like, crown, the little jewel with the headband, and I had the flippers, and I had the, the fake clip-on earrings, and I had, like, fake, the fake shoes, like, little high heels that were probably only an inch big. And I remember just wanting to be Jasmine so bad, but I didn't have the whole suit. I didn't have the, the, the rest of the outfit. I just had the accessories. Like, I think I was probably too tall to, to fit into the outfit, but I didn't have that. I just had the headband and I probably wore that every day, all day. <laughs> I, I, I tried to wear it out. I remember having the action figure of Jasmine, like, Everything about Jasmine is my <laughs> that is my most vivid Disney memory of any action figure of any any sort of toy they had out at the time. I had everything Jasmine. Super weird, but I loved her at the time. Ironically, she's not my it's not my favorite Disney movie, but that was all all oh, of man. yeah, like the Disney stuff. I vivid vivid memories was all Jasmine stuff. It was good. It was a good time. Okay. Well, I have to ask um, for the people out there that don't know, you have a twin. So was Hannah as into Jasmine as well? She oh, or is it just you that I, took the ball and ran with her? No, no, no. We got the same. Obviously, we each got one and had the same mm -hmm. had the same headband, same earrings, all the same stuff. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I remember a uh, Halloween party that uh, Hannah was actually Ariel at, and that was a fun time. Um, beater and beer pong, so take that. That was before you hung out Morgan. with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was not invited to that Halloween party. Oh, well, I had nothing to do with that one, so you can't blame that one on me. No, Hannah wanted separate <laughs> friends, I guess. She was friends with you first, yeah. but who's still friends with you now? Let's just take that into account. Okay, Team Morgan. I'll say I'll put it on put it on, uh -huh. on record. I might edit this out later, but <laughs> sorry, Hannah, if you're listening. <laughs> so, so before we get into your list that we're all you know I'm pins oh, yeah. and needles waiting on. What what do you think makes a what do you think makes a good like animated film? Like, what are your qualifications that make it great for you? I don't know. I think I feel I'm a very emotional person. So I, I feel like I need to cry or be almost at tears, whether it's happy tears or sad tears. Like I need to be almost in tears 
and then I would feel as if I've connected to that movie. And it doesn't always happen, but for for Disney, I mean, obviously, The Lion King has those. I'm no spoilers, obviously, but okay. there's a moment in that movie. There's no a moment in all of them. Happy <laughs> tears, sad tears. I I need to be almost brought to tears. Okay, man, you can spoil them. If people haven't seen these <laughs> movies by now, then they did not have a childhood, and I pity them. Pity yeah, them. Terrible, terrible childhood. Um. Yeah, so obviously in Lion King, Mufasa. If you didn't cry, I feel like you are you're not human. You're you're yeah. You're not human. If you did not cry, you're not human. Toy Story was mm-hmm. a happy one. Aladdin, that was a little nerve-wracking at times. Didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Mulan was a yeah. very good one. That was a very strong female lead. Yeah, she was ahead of her time. Right. There's a little love connection. Like there's, I need to be almost on the edge of my seat, brought to tears. Okay. So you're looking for an emotional connection. What about um, the soundtrack? Does the soundtrack have to be a certain threshold of good for you to rate the move higher than another one? Oh yeah. I mean, obviously my first one that comes to mind would be <laughs> Aladdin because Vivid memories of singing A Whole New World with You at karaoke come to mind. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I tried to skirt around that one when I recorded the part with Ben. But, yes, we did a – it was probably an awful rendition. It was an awful of rendition. Of A Whole New World. Not because – probably because of me. I was um, – Opposite. I had had quite a few LITs. And, um, That's you know, what made I, you better than me. I wasn't drunk. Ugh. That's what made I think I was, you better. Yeah. Now you were. Back. I was so hammered. I don't think I could read the screen. No, <laughs> you don't need to read the screen. You knew it. You don't tell the world. You knew it by heart. You already knew the word. I do. No. Felt it in my heart too. That's there was standing <laughs> ovation for you, not me. I just like screamed it because I I had been so the bar was so loud that you had to like scream to talk to everybody. So then by the time we got up to seeing, I had no voice not that I have one in general anyway but I was just screaming the lyrics and you were (laughs) actually trying to sing I'm pretty sure the standing ovation was for you um I'm just happy there's not a video of that but moving on (laughs) yeah no I'm very excited no videos no proof that it happened except for just what we say and obviously we collide but telling the truth it was bad yeah one day. Well, no, actually, let's just. No one will know. It was a, it was a Grammy-worthy performance, if we're being honest. Whitney Houston, right here. Whitney Houston. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah. no, okay. I, I, one day we'll redeem ourselves. We'll try it again. That's a deal. You heard it here. That's a deal. Yeah. Um, no. That one. On, uh, on the pod I recorded with Ben, I'll say on the pod I recorded with Ben, we made a promise we would go see Mulan together, the remake, and we have just made a promise that we will come out of retirement and sing a whole new world. We'll let yeah. you guys know so you can come watch and record. Here it is, yeah. right here. You heard it first. We are going to perform again one day. Yep. Look, look out for that. Okay, so let's uh let's jump into your list. So um, everyone's been waiting. So let's start with number five. And what's your number five? best disney classic of all time can i ask what your number five was first so i'll tell you what me and ben both had at number five um at number five 
I had Peter Pan, and Ben had Beauty and the Beast. You see, I'm surprised. Oh, I'm. I would probably go with your number five. I, I Peter Pan mm-hmm. almost made it to the list, but oh no! I, yeah, what did I have in front of it? My phone just shut down. <laughs> oh, so, so I also, granted, it's not Pixar. Where is? I was trying to look it up because I don't think so I actually had. It's a little less of a classic, but it was Tangled. Mm-hmm. Tangled. See, um, Ben mentioned that one that he really loved Tangled. He didn't see it till later, but he really loved Tangled. So it's basically Rapunzel. Yeah, I mean, I like loved Tangled. First off, soundtrack fire. I obviously love Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi as the leads and their voices. But I thought it was just a great story. I thought they did a really cool job, and the horse was hysterical, big horse person. So it just ticked all the boxes for me. And obviously, I mean, it didn't come first, but I'm I'm going more classic for first. But I loved Tangled. Yeah, I um didn't know Mandy Moore was in that. That's my that's my girl. Shout out to Mandy Moore. A Walk to Remember is one of the top five movies of all time. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> big time. Big yeah, I- time. I don't have anything to contribute to your number five because I've actually never seen Tangled, but Zachary Levi was really, he was really good. (laughs) What is wrong with you? You've never seen Tangled and you had to have a Disney podcast? I mean, uh, even if watching it, I don't think it's going to connect to me the way Peter Pan did. just reminds me of childhood and um, never growing up, something I could probably take a hint from and everything. So, yeah, sorry. It already looks like uh, Ben's list better than mine but yeah. tangled your number five right <laughs> yep. yep okay what's your number four you have to tell me your list first and then i'll tell okay. you so my number four was the jungle book good one yeah. ben's number four was ben's number four was the lion king Ooh, good choice that was my number four what was the lion king sorry okay <laughs> Uh, all right well then why do you have it as your number four elaborate on that but i i love obviously you mentioned emotions earlier i owned the soundtrack that was probably one of my first cds i ever physically owned was the lion king soundtrack sang to it all the time i had the computer game where you had to hit the space bar and jump from like vine to vine and that's a fire video game <laughs> and I say video game but it was really like a PC game I guess it was that's still a video game yeah yeah I mean I don't I don't know what the kids call it these days they don't even know what it is these days honestly I'm too old for those I had the video game I had the soundtrack I absolutely loved Lion King I loved Lion King and you said you had Beauty and the Beast Oh no, my number four was the Jungle, Jungle Book. Jungle that was Book. A good one too. Uh, I had the yeah, I had the Lion King a little higher on mine. I really liked, like you said, the soundtrack. Elton John did it. You couldn't ask for a better person to do it. Uh, all the voice Zachary, acting was. Was it uh, Zachary Taylor Thomas? Was Zachary what's his name? Jonathan Taylor Jonathan Thomas. Jonathan Taylor Thomas did the JTT. Movie. Him and Home Improvement. Come on, I grew up with him. He's about two feet yeah, too short. Then hard for me, but still. Well, I mean, who isn't too short for you? 
<laughs> you're like, what are you like five eleven, six feet tall? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> five ten. <laughs> yeah, okay, but then you know, if you if you come out for a special occasion with heels on, you're like a WNBA center. You're like six four. Not that there's nothing wrong with tall women. Uh, short women out there. Sh- short women out there quit dating tall guys. You're taken away from the tall I mean, girls pool already, of picking from. I really have a boyfriend, but he's my height. So then when I do put heels on, he's yeah. He's shorter than me, so thank God he's okay with that, because we'd be screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So what? what is your, since you have the CD, I also have the video game, I had it on Sega Genesis. Since you have the CD, what's your favorite song from The Lion King? Stuck Between, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, and, oh, man. That's a tough one. I really love... Oh, man. How am I supposed to choose? I didn't plan this far ahead. I would... Oh, well, you could pick two. I didn't say you had to pick one. I really love Love, Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Do you have a favorite? Uh, from that soundtrack? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably just the, the Circle of Life. It's really iconic the way it starts the movie and whatnot. Not that... Uh, just can't wait to be king though I, I don't know something about how happy he is and True. on the animated one all the bright colors and the animals rejoicing something about that one just it's ambitious and kind of innocent because he's a kid yeah. doesn't know any better no um, yeah you can't <laughs> or just hakuna matata that's a great song it's True. a great mess <laughs> i think i would go with you i think i just can't wait to be king is is probably topping can you feel the love tonight that something about okay. I like. That. All right, so we will. Okay, so we'll get to number three. But but before you reveal your number three, I'll tell you what ours were. Okay. Um. So my number three was the fo- the fox and the hound, and Ben's number three was Hercules. Oh. So what is your number three? Hercules is a good one. Okay, so I that's actually like on Netflix, I think, or something right now, and I watched it recently. But I love The Emperor's New Groove. Ooh, ooh, that's a curveball. I haven't <laughs> seen that one. I know, and it was on, I think it was Netflix recently, and I watched it, and I've watched it multiple times since. Like, it's just something I put on, and I, at the time, I think I just fell in love with David Spade, so then I just watched it multiple times, but I don't know, something about it, something, I think it's just different, and it's classic, and it's hilarious. I can't get over it. Like, I love Kronk, like, absolutely adore Kronk. Big animal person. He's like an environmentalist. He's my kind of guy. I know that one. That's one of the more newer, like Disney classics, so to speak. But could you refresh everyone on the story of it? I haven't seen it since it like first came out. So what's the story of Emperor's New Groove again? Well, I just remember going to the theater with my dad to see it, and the only seats left were the front row seats, and my dad was like 6'5", and he slouched down in the front row seat sitting with these two kids just trying to like watch it from the very front row. And so it's this high and mighty king who is just so full of himself, basically gets turned into, I don't know how to describe it without just being like, he gets the people under him try to take over. So they turn him with magic into a llama And then this peasant, who he was going to destroy the house of, he gets stuck with, and they have to make their way home. 
and all the way back to this castle and they have to go through all these trials together and they learn to work together. It's very like, oh man, like he's a person and I was just trying to destroy his home for a swimming pool. And so anyway, they, spoiler alert, they work together, they become friends and then happily ever after it all works out in the end and he gets turned back into a human in the end. But I absolutely just, I think it's so hilarious. And also it's just sort of like getting to know another person and finding out what their life is like and their family. And I don't know. It was very, it was, it's always sort of stuck with me as like this. And I'm a big fan. Obviously I was a part of the romance novel podcast. And so I'm a big fan of cheese. And I just think it's in a sweet childish way, very cheesy and lovey and they sort of friendship love and they work together and it's very Disney classic stereotypical. Okay. <laughs> Underlying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's always uh, the, um, the movie, the movie, I can't remember, but there was a summer and early in high school where it's like before I worked and I basically just sat at home and ate all the food and played all the video games uh, all summer. But the Emperor's New Groove had its own series in the Disney Channel. And I just remember that always being on there and like Lilo and Stitch, uh, who I think had like the best cartoon, like weekly cartoon version oh. of a Disney movie. But yeah, I've seen plenty of episodes and. Emperor's New Groove is probably the best uh, thing David Spade's ever done in his life, because I think he's kind of trash. <laughs> and not fun. He's a, a D-list actor, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was your number three. So we'll, we'll get to your number two, but uh, we'll keep up the trend here. So my number two was Lion King, and Ben's number two was Aladdin. So what is your number two? So this is a major, I would say, I think this one is Disney. I want to say it's Disney. I probably, okay. I, <laughs> there's so many good ones. It's so hard to choose. Like I wanted to go like Aladdin or Lion King or Beauty and the Beast mm -hmm. or something, but I actually loved the rescuers and, <clears throat> but not, that is, that is Disney. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't the first one. It was the down under the one where they went to Australia. Yeah to rescue the kid. Mm -hmm. I remember obsessing over that movie. The the rescuers, so there were like four of them. Was that with Chip and Dale? Were they in the rescuers? The chipmunks? It was, so it's the two mice. Okay, okay, mice, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm getting confused with something else. No, it was the two mice, and so my favorite one is um, the Down Under. It's Bianca and Bernard. And my mm. favorite one was the second one where they did the Down Under series one. So they go to Australia and they rescue this little boy, Cody, who's been abducted by a poacher. And there's this really cool eagle and this like lizard thing that um, the, the poacher, I forget what her name is, but she's like this pet dog slash lizard. And it's his, and he, like, traps all these animals. And he's trying to trap the golden eagle. And they rescue it. And then they rescue the boy. And it's, I don't know. I love, I just, I remember loving the rescuers. It was so good. 
Yeah, that's a that's one I have not seen in a long time. Either one of them, but I do think I did like the second one better. Yeah. You know, the rescuers down under. Because yeah. who doesn't love Australia, mate? Who doesn't? Right? You know, <laughs> the accent. <laughs> the accent. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, where, was Bernard? Was he French? I mean, that's a French name for some reason. I'm imagining him having an accent too. But maybe I just made that up. No, up I, just now. I think both of the voices were American. All right. <clears throat> I think. I Erica. Think the, yeah, I think they were they. So it was like the rescuers were a society, and so it was like two people from every like country or something, and so I think they were the American rescuers, and they um because yeah Bianca was very she was very like clean cut, but she she was ready to get out and go on an adventure. And he was like, oh, wait, no, uh, Bianca, be careful. Like he, I, loved, <laughs> I need to go watch it now. So that was your number two. Before we get to the moment we are all waiting on and you can probably predict what your number one is. Um, we're going to pause. I'm going to throw some random Disney questions at you. I just want you to answer whatever pops up. You ready? Sure. sure. All right. What is, who is your least favorite Disney character? Any movie it can be from least favorite disney character um we're going are we going okay so i was never this might be random a big fan of uh -oh. the dumbo does that count yeah okay that's fair yeah that counts yeah why do you hate dumbo he's a baby elephant no, i know i remember no mom I only watched it like once and i was like why does everybody like this movie like i don't and i love elephants there's i have nothing against i'm an animal lover vegetarian here like i'm an animal lover and i just never got into the dumbo thing i don't know i never went to see the remake no because obviously i probably would have been more of an animal person even more i probably would have been connected to that one because it was like the live real live thing but no I was never, never. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dumbo is like the one remake I didn't even make an attempt to go see. It just kind of looked bad. But when it's on Netflix, I'm sure I'll watch it. Right. If it's for free, I'm not. I'm just not going to pay money to go see it. You hate Dumbo. Um, yeah. <laughs> who's your favorite? Who's your favorite villain in all the Disney movies? Ooh, you know, I'd probably say. I really liked, I think Gaston. <laughs> yeah, my man. <laughs> like I, he was so arrogant, so horrible. But something about him was obviously that charm that he has. He's so someone you could so easily hate. Ugh. Mm -hmm. But he was so good. Like something about him was so good at being horrible. When I asked Ben, like I mentioned Scar, he mentioned yeah. Ursula, and I think another one I threw out there was yeah. Cruella Deville. Like she oh. had something about it, something about Gaston. her. Like she's evil, but she... yes, she reminds me of Gaston, <laughs> just the woman version. Mm -hmm. Like high, mighty, I can do whatever I want, but mm -hmm. horrible, horrible. Yeah, yeah. Some and I mean Cruella Deville had her own song that was pretty, pretty right. good too. You know. Okay. Speaking of songs, we touched on this earlier, but what are some of your other favorite Disney songs? We mentioned The Lion King, but um, what's your favorite Disney songs, like outside of the ones we already mentioned, if you have any? Mulan has one of the greatest songs ever. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, so that... Can, do you know which one I'm talking about? 
Uh, I'll make a man out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or are you talking about? The, okay, I didn't know if you're talking about the Christina Aguilera reflection song. That's a good one too. too. Everyone, I think all of my friends, we've always quoted just like the <laughs> to defeat the Hun. <laughs> like, anytime, it's always I'll make a man out of you. Like I don't know why, but that is classic. Although reflection, I probably pretended I was Christina Aguilera for a month straight, just thinking I could sing like her and sing that song all the time mm. alone. Like okay. <laughs> hey, hey! We always put on our best performances when no one's listening. At least those of us that aren't classically trained in singing or anything. So, <laughs> no training. So, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I, one I forgot to add from uh, when I when I did earlier, "Colors of the Wind," Vanessa Williams and Good one. Pocahontas. I really like that song. Um, but of course, a whole didn't make. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, me neither. Um, I was actually researching. I was like, I remember Waikiki Pocahontas as a kid, and I was researching, and apparently I wasn't woke to a bunch of the BS that happened in Pocahontas. So, no, like, what, she had no, good intentions, but it's. Hmm? No one was. Yeah. Not until later on in life, and you're like, oh, dang. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. This it's a. Racism. But, and like, uh, I told Ben it's all her fault that the colonization of America happened. If she just would have stayed with old dude that her dad had picked out instead of going for, you know, the the colonizer, John Smith. Yeah. Who she didn't even get with in real life, which is okay. weird. But, um, okay. yeah. Really, the raccoons Whatever. Stole. Thanks, Pocahontas. I mean, yeah, did. raccoon obviously stole the movie, so no one else cared mm -hmm. about anything else, which is why we didn't pay attention to anything else. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So here's one. I'll ask you both sides of this. So if you had to date or marry one Disney prince, who would it be and why? Ooh. And then after that, if you had to date or marry one Disney princess, who would it be and why? Okay, so it has to be a prince? Well, you know, by prince, I just mean the, the main male character. Okay. So that um, and by princess, like Disney princess, like Pocahontas is considered a princess, but she wasn't really a princess. You know, right. you know? like that's just what they call the main male and female counterpart. Well, that's why I was wondering is because so going back to I think it might just be because I have, you know, a fetish for Zachary Levi, but I would probably have to go with Tangled and go for Flynn Rider. Like, <laughs> I, I loved Flynn Rider. Okay. So just because of the voice, or does he have any other redeeming qualities? Does he have any, like, other than his voice? Like <laughs> He was adventurous, and he had sarcasm, he was funny, and I love a funny guy. So, I mean, he had that, and he just was very outgoing, and then he was ended up being so sweet and caring, and he tried to save her, and so, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fine. And if you had to pick one Disney princess to marry... Who would it be? Ooh, Disney princess. Well, I'd have to go with Jasmine. I think she she was hot. Okay. Right. I mean that outfit. She's bad. Hair. Yeah, she's exotic. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. She tried to fight like her own father, and she sort of had a rebel side. You know, ticking all the boxes. Yeah. She had a tiger. And she has a tiger. A tiger. A tiger? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Raja. Oh man. Like, let's go. Jasmine would probably be my pick, too. Mm -hmm. And if I had to marry a prince, it would be Aladdin, because he uh, started at the bottom, now he's here. He's seen both sides of the social struggle, so he's humbled. Even and though he, he will sell it. 
Yeah, she and he Go found ahead. a girl. He found a girl who loved him before he made it big, before he was like turned into friends. He knows he knows how to work it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, my man. All right. So the next one, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this one. What uh, Disney classic do you think had the best, like straight to VHS or straight to DVD sequel? If you've seen any of them. Gosh, probably Pocahontas too. Oh, it's a Pocahontas. <laughs> was there? What happened in that one? I I didn't know there's a Pocahontas too. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I there is a Pocahontas too. I definitely did never. I never watched it. Who had the best straight? Oh, that may be hard. The reason I asked that, because, you know, I have a little brother, people that don't know. He's seven years younger than me. So he had a bunch of, like, the sequel VHSs my parents would buy him. So I got to see The Lion King 2, or uh, um, I didn't see Pocahontas 2. It's Little, Mer- little Mermaid 2. But my favorite was Return of Shafar from Aladdin. Okay. It was just, that I thought it was almost, as, almost was- as good as the original at the time when I was a kid. I actually, I saw, so it was. It was the third one. It was Aladdin 3. It was the king, the golden hand or whatever. Um, the king of thieves. Okay, was it yeah. Prince of Thieves or King yeah, of Thieves? Yeah. So that it's one, dad, right? I would vote for that one because I actually owned that one. And I liked it. <laughs> yeah, that one wasn't bad either. Aladdin. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I liked it. It's the real trilogy. We're talking about trilogies. <laughs> yeah. All right, and last last. Yeah. Go ahead. And the uh, last question before we reveal your number one, mm-hmm. what is your favorite non-Disney animated film? Ooh, non-Disney. Um, Do you want to know what we said? I know what we said for context. Go for it. Okay, Ben's was the Iron Giant, and mine was a tie between Five Will Goes West and Once Upon a Forest. Ooh, was Fern Gully Disney? Uh, no, it was not. It was not. There Disney. you go. That's my number one. That's, That's- a good. Number one. Good one. I loved it. Yeah, it was uh, it was so good they basically based Avatar off of it, right? <laughs> I, know. I know. Well that's uh, just like I remember watching that so many times and then I just thought he was the coolest guy. He had like cool music and I was her. I was clueless. But I was okay. I'm a forest lady. So we got that. So now it is time. What is your number one Disney movie of all time? I wonder what it will be. Oh, gosh. This is going to come as a shock. But (laughs) (laughs) it was The Little Mermaid. Oh, I'm so surprised. (laughs) And it's so weird. I feel like I have something. Like, I can just, like, have things in common with The Little Mermaid. Only the red hair, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't want you to not be able to talk for some guy. That'd be kind of kind of right. naive of you. Yeah. But, I mean, she's a little girl. You know any better? Nope. And she was a mermaid. We don't have that in common. She could sing. We don't have that in common. <laughs> uh-huh. So, she has an overbearing father. We don't have that in common. I don't know why. I just, I think I just, attra- uh, she was attracted to me because she was a ginger and I was a ginger. Still am a ginger. Uh, do you like like any parts of the story? Like uh, uh, Ursula was a really good villain. Um, and then you had like Flounder and Sebastian were fun little sidekicks. Yep. And Under the Sea was a great little song. Obviously, Part of Your World is was... one of my favorites. Badass song. I, I, I know it's cheesy and I know Disney like 
ruined childhood and love stories for everyone. But I liked it. I, I, I gravitate towards, obviously, I know it's cheesy and I know it's just like made up and too perfect and blah, blah, blah. But I'm not saying Cinderella is my favorite. This, this woman had to like go and sell her soul to get legs. So <laughs> she went through some stuff. But yeah, that's love. She, there. She wasn't really, I mean, she was just like, she was looking for love. She was doing whatever she needed to do. Yeah, shoot your shot, Ariel. I feel yeah. that. She's just trying hard. She's make, trying to make a living. And if trying to find a prince is how she's going to do it, go for it, girl. You do you. You do what you have, whatever okay. you have well, to do. <laughs> well, con- conversely, uh, Ben's number one was Mulan, and mine was Aladdin. So with Aladdin, like I said, he got a lamp. And yep. sold out to impress a girl. So he didn't really lose anything, but he was fraud. So my question is, since you uh, related to Ariel's struggle, would you give up your voice to be with Zachary Levi? <laughs> with Zachary Levi? Um, yes, yes, I yeah. would. Okay. <laughs> 100%. So, any uh, big octopus ladies out there in the sea that are listening to this, if you need a soul, hit up Morgan. I can uh, send you her information and uh, yeah. you can make her dreams come true. Lovely, beautiful voice. <laughs> I'll have to, we'll have to video, just do karaoke of Disney songs. Bite me out. There's no doubt I'm going to show up. <laughs>